Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hi. It's Emilio. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be continuing our uh, series where we look at the uh, best NBA and NBA players who have attended various colleges and universities and uh, picking uh, starting lineups based on uh, the guys who have played there. We are going to be focusing on this episode on a classic Sunshine State battle between University of Florida Gators and the Florida State Seminoles. On these episodes, we are going to be going with our, our typical format. We start at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Without further ado, let's jump right into it, Mills. Who do you have at Florida Center? Uh, I had Al Horford, and uh, he had the five-time All-Star and All-NBA, All-Defense, and All-Rookie. And, I mean, he he's pretty good. And uh, he um, he has two relatives that played in the league as well. Kind of interesting out there. And uh, averaged 13.9 points per game for his career. And I think he, um, just based on the scoring numbers, doesn't deserve to be in the doesn't deserve to be in the All-Star game. For his scoring numbers. I know he does other stuff, but just, just if you just looked at scoring numbers, you wouldn't put him in the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true. I mean, a guy who's, who's played uh, played center, I mean, predominantly in his career, but has also played a bunch of power forward uh, during his time in, in the league. Uh, you know, the play-by-play stats have him at about 80, 82% of his minutes coming at center with 18% at, uh, at, at power forward. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's, who's really brought a lot to the game in terms of his defense and his passing, so sort of goes beyond his, uh, his his scoring numbers alone. And a guy who's been available through a lot of his career, too. I mean, not, not a whole lot of uh, time missed uh, due to injury. Did have one season back in 2011, 2012, where he only played 11 games. But for the most part, has been pretty available. This year has been a pretty weird one. He's been on the Thunder and not really uh, in the mix for uh, for a while here. Has been sitting despite being healthy for, uh, for a while now. But uh, he's really had a terrific career. I mean... Number three overall pick uh, back in the uh, in the 2007 NBA draft to the Hawks and has uh, played on some on some good teams since then. Uh, the, the Hawks for uh, for quite some time, uh, followed by the Celtics and the, the Sixers, and now the Thunder in, in more recent years. But a guy who's really made his mark uh, on the league for sure. And I mean, his two relatives, John Horford and Tito Horford, and his nickname, Godfather. Uh, Godfather, yeah, that's uh, that's a nickname that uh, is displayed on Basketball Reference for him. Uh, what are you pointing to? <laughs> I just wanted to see um, his brother, and uh, he his brother. Uh, oh yeah, he played in college, not in the NBA. Uh, John John Horford, yes, his father Tito Horford famous, famously played uh, just for a couple of years in in the league uh, prior to uh, uh, and, and played played elsewhere around the world as well. Al Horford, with uh, you know, has played played a whole bunch of games in the league. I mean, and, and has been putting up stats the entire time. Eight hundred eighty-one career regular season games so far, as well as a whole bunch of uh, postseason action for Al Horford. As well as teams have been pretty good throughout his career. Definitely. Uh, so it has had a big impact. One hundred and twenty-four uh, postseason games in his career too, and uh, still, you know, he's thirty-four years of age now. So uh, you know, probably you know, towards the back end of his career, but still a guy who's contributing quite a bit. Yeah, I think he's made the playoffs almost every year of his career. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's not going to be the case this year with the Thunder, but I mean, I think everyone understood they're not completely out of it. They're only twenty and forty. If they, uh, if they um, like win the rest of the games and get super lucky with some losses, they're not they're not um, completely eliminated yet, like the Rockets and Timberwolves. Keep uh, listening to uh, Barnard's on the NBA for more of that uh, incisive uh, analysis. Uh, teams do still have a chance that have not been 
mathematically eliminated. Like the Pistons. Uh, <laughs> or do uh, they? All right. So let, let, let's let's keep moving here. I had Al Horford as well at the uh, at the center spot. I think he's a really solid choice. You think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? No. Yeah, I think he's got a pretty reasonable chance. I'm not sure either, but I, I think he's uh, he's certainly got a shot. Long and, and certainly excellent career from uh, from Al Horford, whether or not it's Hall of Fame worthy. All right, let, let's keep it rolling here. Who do you have at the uh, at the four? I had Udonis Haslam. Yeah, Udonis Haslam. I mean, a guy who's played a ton of games, who attended uh, University of Florida. Tell us a little bit about him. He's a three-time NBA champ, and he made the all-rookie team. I know you don't have him on your team, but um, I think I think he um he deserves a spot. I mean, he's just played for so long, and for a while he was a pretty good contributor. Yeah, I mean, really a, a wild career for uh, for Udonis Haslam, undrafted out of Florida, despite being a, uh, a prominent player on uh, on that University of Florida team when he was there. Uh, signed with his uh, hometown team after playing a year in France. Uh, guys, you know, from the Miami area went to high school in Miami, Miami High School. Uh, so a real Miami guy. And then, I mean, look at this, uh, you know, one team career that this guy has put together. I mean, he joined this team in 2003. And it's still in the league right now. I mean, he hasn't played yet this year and he probably won't, but. Still on the bench with the uh, Miami Heat in uniform. It really is pretty wild. And of course, uh, you know, he's seen a lot of winning uh, during all that time in uh, Miami. He's seen some losing too. For sure. But a, a three-time NBA champ. I mean, there for the uh, the Shaq and Wade title in addition to the, uh, the you know, uh, four times uh, in, in the finals uh, with two championships with the Heatles. So a guy who's really uh, seen a lot in the NBA and also has... Uh, seen the finals last year. Exactly. And has ascended to a real uh, leadership role uh, within the uh, the players group, I think. I mean, having been, uh, you know, around for such a long time, teammates with so many players that have passed through Miami through the years, has uh, really, really made his mark. Yeah, I just thought it would be, um, be kind of cool to put him here. And uh, I did it. Yeah, I, I, I can certainly understand putting him here, too. I mean, 858 regular season games, and, uh, you know, uh, he's one of the guys who's played the most minutes from uh, from Florida, so I, I definitely understand going that direction here. Uh, I went a slightly different direction, a guy who, well, I mean, I guess it's a completely different direction because I picked a different person. Uh, someone who played even a little bit more in terms of minutes than uh, Udonis Haslam in uh, David Lee. Yeah, I mean, this guy's definitely good. You can definitely put him in here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, I don't really know much about this guy, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's actually pretty good. I, I could have definitely seen putting him here, but I just like the choice of Udonis Haslam more. Yeah, I can understand that too. I mean, I don't think I think Udonis Haslam is uh, certainly defensible. David Lee certainly with some higher highs, I think, than uh, the Udonis yeah. Haslam. I mean, you know, an All Star uh, on two occasions. No, I mean, I'm not saying he was like the most deserving All Star in the league, but I mean, averaging you know like 20 and 11. Uh, in his first All-Star season in 2009-2010 uh, and, uh, you know, following it up with uh, an All-Star selection when he was with the Warriors a couple years later in 2012-2013. Uh, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, was kind of a floor raiser on some teams that weren't that good. I mean, looking for some stability, you could go to him and he was a consistent source of points. Uh, he was on the Warriors teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, could shoot it a little bit. I mean, never got his range out to three, but I mean, was on some good Warriors teams and was kind of there as, you know, those uh, Warriors teams were starting to take off. I mean, he, he was... Yeah, he was on on a finals team, won a championship with the Warriors, and uh, was really part of, um, you know, I mean, the transition from him to Draymond Green was really what unlocked those uh, incredible Warriors teams during uh, their amazing run, you know, uh, last uh, decade. 
So, I mean, he, you know, had, had a big role in the NBA for sure. And, uh, and a long career too. I mean, 829 regular season games, over 500 starts. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, two-time All-Star and uh, an NBA champ. And also, uh, you know, the third-team All-NBA one year. Yeah, and uh, that's pretty good. And he played for a bunch of different teams at the end of his career. Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, played, uh, yeah, for the, the, the Celtics, Mavericks, and uh, Spurs down the end. But, yeah, most of his career with the Knicks and Warriors. I'm pretty sure if you listen to our last episode, we talk about this guy. We talk about Dominique. But I'm pretty sure those are the last three teams he played on as well. Very interesting. Uh, did he play on the, on, on the Mavericks? I'm, I'm not positive, but maybe not. Uh, that, that's uh, that, that's pretty interesting stuff. So yeah, David Lee is certainly a, a high quality a four option. Could play the five as well, and uh, sometimes it would even slide down to the three. But yeah, a quality NBA player for uh, about a dozen years. And he could come back. He's only thirty-seven. Yeah, only thirty-seven. Although he's it's about to be his birthday. So if we uh, crank up another birthday episode in the next couple of days, uh, David Lee could be another subject, or could be a subject in this podcast again. I wonder if that's a one saying. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, let's keep moving here. Who do you have at the three nails? I had Mike Miller. Yeah, you got to have Mike Miller. I had him as well. Let, let's talk about Mike Miller. Yeah, I mean, in his Wikipedia page, he had long hair. He um, he was uh, he was good in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, his um, that's for reference. Page was right there for a second, and uh, he um. His name nickname was Skinny, and uh, he averaged 1.6 points per game for his career, and mostly put small forward. And he was um, pretty good. I mean, getting over 10 points a game multiple times. Yeah, and a long, long career for Mike Miller. It's one of the most yes. notable things. I mean, drafted uh, number five overall in the uh, 2000 NBA draft. Not a great draft. I mean, if you look back at that one, he's certainly rookie looks like of the year. one of the better picks. Yeah, I mean, rookie of the year that year. And, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, a two-time NBA champ, guy who started a whole bunch early in his career. Um, you know, was a consistent starter on those uh, Magic and uh, Grizzlies teams he played on early on, but really, uh, you know, turned himself into a terrific bench piece as his career wore on. I mean, really a terrific three-point shooter. I mean, that's that's the standout characteristic of Mike oh, yeah. Miller as his career went on. Over 40% for his career, uh, 40.7%. I mean, taking 3.8. Taking three point eight exactly, and you know coming off the bench, I mean that, that was solid volume during uh, the period in which he played. And if you look at some of those years, I mean, you know, got up to like you know shooting as good as like forty eight percent, you know, one year with with the Wizards. But uh, you know, on those Heat teams that uh, that he started, that I mean, he didn't start for them. He came off the bench and was uh, was an important role player for uh, those squads as some extra shooting. Uh, winning a couple of titles. Winning a couple of titles exactly. So really became a, a valuable playoff performer as his uh, career went on. And as a guy who, uh, you know, played as long as he did, he was, uh, you know, pretty clear-cut choice for me at the, uh, the three. Yeah, so um, you want to move on to the two? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, let's do that right now. Uh, so, yeah, this guy um, this guy uh, is a current player in the NBA right now, and uh, he plays on the Wizards, and he wears number three, and he is a shooting guard because that's, that's what I put in there. And his name is Bradley Beal. Yeah, he's one of the top scorers in the league right now. I mean, when you say? Yeah, I mean, real deal, big panda, blue magic, Brad, and Dr. Dre. Yeah. some cool nicknames. Absolutely. I mean, I thought there were some other ways you could go with uh, with this choice just because Bradley Bill's career is still ongoing. I mean, 593 regular season games in, uh, but he's you know still just uh, not even 28 years old yet, and he was my choice too. I mean, I think certainly the, uh, the, the top. <laughs> what are you shaking your head about? You can't go anywhere else with this. Yeah, I mean, probably not, <laughs> to, to, to be fair. I mean, 
you know, a guy who, you know, is going to top Florida in terms of PER for his, uh, for his career, no doubt. And I mean, you know, certainly the best scorer ever to come out of Florida. He could be the best player ever to come out of Florida. I, I agree with that. I mean, he, you know, like who's going to, who's going to be the map? Well, I, I would say Al Horford is probably like the top guy right this now. This guy can make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, Bradley Beal certainly is capable of it. I mean, you know, he, he could win some more scoring titles. I mean, he's performing at an elite level right now. I mean, he could win a scoring title, of course, this year. He's averaging 31.1 points per game this season. I mean, an average 30.5 points per game. Yeah, really a, a, a dominant scorer. I mean, that's hard, hard to deny him. Number three overall pick in the uh, 2012 NBA draft has done enough, I think, to uh, firmly establish himself on this team. I mean, averaging up over 30 points per game in the last two years. I mean, well, you got to be pretty good. Yeah. And uh, only actually averaging 21.8 points per game for his whole career. Just not as high in his first couple of seasons, but he's always been over 13 points a game. Yeah, definitely. Had a, had a bit of a different role as he was coming in. I mean, I think just one year at Florida. So, uh, you know, a player who was still growing into his game as he entered the league, but has really, uh, you know, found his stroke as uh, as, an, as an elite scorer, as we've said. Uh, I had Bradley Beal on my team as, at the two as well. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, who you had at the one. I know we had a difference of opinion on uh, this one, but uh, who you had, Mills? I had Vernon Maxwell. Now, this guy is good. Well, maybe. He's a two-time NBA champ with those Rockets in um, the mid-90s. And I actually have never seen his nicknames, but I really like him. Hawk and Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. I mean, just one of those classic Maxwell uh, uh, you know, nicknames. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've definitely heard that before. Uh, but Vernon Maxwell was really good. I mean, I, I really thought hard about him as well. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about his career. I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, most well-known for being a part of uh, two uh, title teams with the Rockets. Those uh Hakeem squads. Yeah, but, I mean, th that was definitely in his prime right there. I mean, getting up to 17.2 points per game with the Rockets in the early 90s. But, I mean, was good, definitely, in the league. I mean, I mean, he didn't have, like, that high of a high. But, I mean, he got he got up there. Yeah, never, uh, never you know, an all-star or um, never got to quite that level. Not a huge distributor in his career. I mean, I think he got up only as high as uh, 5.1 assist per game in his career, but uh, definitely a guy who was a menace. I remember he uh, scored uh, 50 points. I think it was 51 points in a game once. I had a um, basketball card that uh, commemorated that occasion, which I saw many times oh, uh, I through the years. That card was uh, 25 points in a quarter. Yeah, you're, you're right, but it was part of a 51-point game. He did have 25 points in a quarter. That's a great great job by you, uh, knowing what I'm talking about there. Uh, yeah, it must have been a tops uh, uh card uh, from back in the day. But yeah, he had a 51-point game, including 25 points in a quarter. So definitely was capable of getting really hot like that. And he got like a 14-assist game, too. Yeah, I mean, had had some like peaks in terms of his uh, performance in-game. But I think overall, um, you know, just, just a, a really solid player. I mean, started almost 500 games in the league, played 855 in his career in the regular season. And a really solid player. I mean, a guy who, you know, appears on the, you know, most three-pointers of all time uh, leaderboard at 58th. Uh, so, you know, a ways down there, but I mean, a guy who played, uh, you know, a long time ago, so was getting up quite a few threes for uh, the time in which he was playing. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I, as I said, seriously considered Vernon Maxwell, but I ended up going with uh, one of the ultimate 55ers and uh, most entertaining players, I think, during the time in which I've been watching basketball in uh, Jason Williams. I mean, I'm talking yeah. about white chocolate. Yeah, J-Dub, J-Will, white folks, white shadow, duck, showtime, and... Uh, 
Uh, I guess that Showtime name fits him pretty well with uh, being a champion and an all-rookie person, <laughs> but um, really stylish passer. Absolutely. I mean, it's a standout characteristic about Jason Williams. I mean, if you don't know what's up with Jason Williams, like, you know, stop this right now. Go check out some YouTube stuff. I mean, he's got That's some. That's not true. Don't do that. <laughs> well, he's, he's got some uh, some nice passes to show you. That's for sure. He certainly uh, knew how to put some uh, style on his uh, on his dishes. Um, and, and a guy who was really effective at distributing as well. I mean, you know, uh, average. 5.9. Yeah, average almost six assists per game for his career. Played uh, 788 regular season games in his career. Um, you know, didn't win uh, two titles like uh, Vernon Maxwell, but did win one with uh, with, with the Heat back in, uh, in think, 2006. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think Vernon Maxwell tops him in all the categories just by a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I, I looked at the numbers. I mean, in a lot of these categories like, uh, you know, PER and win shares and, you know, true shooting percentage and stuff like that, Jason Williams gets the edge. Vernon Maxwell played a little bit longer than uh, than, than did Jason Williams in terms of, uh, you know, just raw minutes and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, you know, to, to me, like, the, the style and flair and, I mean, stuff like that, I mean, it, could go, it, it does carry some weight. I mean, this guy wore number 55. I mean, come on. Like, I, I had to go with, uh, with with Jason Williams here. Uh, well, player player, I, I really, really enjoyed, uh, have enjoyed watching. In case you haven't noticed during this podcast, he is, he, um, he loves a number 55. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Jason Williams, uh, I should mention, uh, number seven overall pick in the uh, 98 NBA draft. And, uh, yeah, I think a, a close call here at the uh, at the point. Also went to Marshall, by the way. Um, yes, and, he did. Uh, yeah. Um, went to Marshall and famously, I should mention, uh, friends with uh, with Randy Moss and uh, teammates with him uh, during uh, their time in, in high school. And uh, obviously both went on to uh, very successful pro careers. Yeah, actually, uh, 13 players went to Marshall. Maybe you'll see us do an episode from them, including a Hall of Famer. Yeah, the great Hal Greer and Mike D'Antoni as well, a uh, Marshall guy. It's on Wednesday. Oh. Yep. So let's uh, – <laughs> all right, so we, we have our, uh, our our starting lineups in the books. Let's just run through those real quick, and then we can uh, get to uh, any other players we want to talk about from Florida. All right, um, center Al Horford, power forward Enos Haslam, small forward Mike Miller, shooting guard Bradley Beal, and point forward Mike yeah, and I had uh, center Al Horford, uh, uh, power forward David Lee, small forward Mike Miller, shooting guard Bradley Beal, and point guard Jason Williams. Okay, let's talk about some other guys who went to uh, Florida. I think one tough omission a guy we were sure to have considered was uh, Joe Kim Noah. Yeah, two-time All-Star, a defensive player of the year, three-time All-Defensive, and an All-NBA player. I mean, this guy was nice. I couldn't put him on my team because he wasn't good as the other players personally, but he did play five games with the Clippers last year and um, also uh, mostly kind of the Bulls. Played nine seasons there, and that's where he was best, obviously. But uh, he, uh, yeah, I mean, at his tops, he got like uh, like 12.6 points per game and 11.3 rebounds per game in an all-star season 13-14 with the Bulls. Yeah, that season, I mean, he was first team All-NBA. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's his only All-NBA uh, nod, but first team All-NBA, Defensive Player of the Year that year, All-Star. I mean, his peak was pretty high. I mean, he was a dominating defensive player like... Best, I mean, best center in the league. Yeah, best center in the league and, and best defensive player in the league, like across the board. So, I mean, he really made an impact on that end. So, I mean, it, it should be understood that when we're looking at his numbers, I mean, it really doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, like, Too bad he didn't win MVP that year because I, I could definitely imagine it. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you think, I mean, you add up those things. I mean, you know, you're going to be in the mix for uh, for yeah. MVP for sure. And uh, yeah, he was a really impactful player, a, a, you know, smart passer. I mean, a guy who, you know, got a lot of uh, credit for, for being really aware of the game. But I mean, it's, you know, his body let him down. I mean, a guy who played really hard, I mean, through college. I mean, a part of, uh, we didn't even mention it, we were talking about Al Horford, back-to-back champions, right, with, with Florida uh, in, in college. So, uh, you know, played, you know, a, a lot of games in college and, uh, you know, making the transition to the pros, uh, played a lot of games early in his career as well, didn't miss very many uh, in his first uh, several seasons. I guess he missed, a, you know, a bunch of games in, in his third season there. But, uh, yeah, his body really broke down as he got into his 30s, unfortunately. I mean, really, uh, you know, not much game action uh, past age 29 for uh, Joachim Noah. Yeah, I mean, playing 67 games that year and then only playing 29 the next yeah, it should be said about Joachim Noah. I mean, despite the uh, relative uh, brevity of his career, I mean, only 672 regular season games after being taken uh, with the uh, ninth pick in the uh, 2007 NBA draft, a guy who uh, shows up on some of the all-time leaderboards. I mean, uh, 45th all-time in defensive rating, 53rd all-time in defensive rebound percentage, 25th all-time in total rebound percentage, 14th all-time in offensive rebound percentage. So a guy who, who really shows up in some of these uh, rate stats despite not having the uh, length of career that you might have hoped for. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, playing last year even with the Clippers, as I mentioned. Absolutely. So we should mention as well, uh, you know, Corey Brewer, and the other guy on uh, on those teams with uh, with him, with uh, Joachim Noah and uh, Al Horford, who uh, really made an impact in the league. A long career for Corey Brewer, even if not uh, one that, you know, got him to all-star consideration or anything like that. Really solid role player. Yeah, I mean, just playing last year with the um, with the uh, with the uh, Kings, and uh, I mean, got up to a high that uh, was like thirteen points a game in his third season. Yeah, absolutely, and, and more of a defensive threat, and like you know, kind of a secondary or third option on an offense. You know, a guy who's capable of uh, getting in some passing lanes, turning the ball over. Uh, I mean, you know, in, in a positive way, you know, getting steals, that kind of thing. And a guy who was, you know, an NBA champ with the uh, with the Mavericks. And yeah, I mean, yeah, as you said, an NBA champ and uh, um, the drunken dribble and greyhound. Those are his uh, nicknames, according to uh, Basketball Reference. Uh, shout out Basketball Reference. We can do that. Yeah, true. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <All laughs> right. Definitely true. All right, so let's talk about uh, let, let's get to uh, players that uh, you've met. Uh, Matt Bonner with a yeah. uh, long career who uh, attended Florida. Yes, I have met him, kind of. But, I mean, Red Rocket, Red Bamba, Sandwich Hunter, and Coach B. And, uh, I mean, he's a two-time NBA champ, and uh, he um, averaged 5.8 points per game for his career. And, um, yeah, pretty good. we got to show some love to uh, Matt Bonner. Mills has uh, been an attendee at his uh, basketball camp in New Hampshire. The only NBA player from New Hampshire who was born in New Hampshire. Yes. Which is pretty wild, but uh, it is it is the truth. And uh, you got to say, I mean, for there only being one player out of the state, he did a pretty good job showing out. For sure, and uh, now he has a basketball camp. Absolutely, and a guy who uh, you know was a, a part of some uh, some pretty elite teams in his career. I mean, you know, to be a, a second round pick, forty fifth overall in the two thousand three NBA draft, so the same year as as LeBron, and to last until twenty sixteen, and. Uh, only be on two teams in your whole career. I mean, he started out with the uh, the Raptors his first two years, but then the Spurs for the entire rest of his career, 10 years with the Spurs 
it's pretty outstanding. I mean, so yeah. I mean, him, you know, being coached by Greg Popovich for like almost his whole career. Yeah, it's pretty epic. And I mean, the kind of uh, trust that uh, Popovich must have, you know, developed in Matt Bonner, uh, you know, to be, have him stick around for that long. It's pretty cool. And uh, made himself an elite shooter, too. I mean, you know, a, a guy who you know was known as a, as a terrific shooter heading into the NBA from Florida. But, uh, boy, I mean, he shot 41 percent from three for his career. Led the league when he had three point percentage. Led the league in three point percentage. So, I mean, this guy could really shoot it. And uh, great career for Matt Bonner. Yeah, for sure. Got to give it up. Uh, so let's let's talk about a couple other guys because uh, there there are some other players who are still in the league right now who uh, who attended uh, Florida, including Dorian. Including Dorian Finney Smith, exactly. I mean Dorian Finney Smith uh, actually with, with a pretty significant role despite going undrafted out of Florida a few years ago. Yeah, I mean starting I think for the Mavericks this year and um, yeah, I mean started all forty five games that they've played or that he's played, and um, is averaging 9.3 points per game. One of his best seasons, I think. I mean, definitely, definitely. 0.2 higher last season in points and 0.1 higher last season in rebounds. And, and personal fouls, as you like to mention now frequently. <laughs> and uh, he also um, 0.2 more in steals. I mean, tied in blocks and assists these last past two years. So, I mean – these last two years, definitely the best of his career. Yeah, he's really coming to his own. I mean, a guy who, as you mentioned, is now starting uh, frequently uh, on, on that uh, pretty solid Mavericks team. And, uh, you know, as a, as a swingman, a guy who can, uh, you know, defend a couple of different positions, uh, play between the three and the four. Uh, maybe we think of a swingman as more of a, a guy who can play the two as well. But, I mean, you know, as 6'7", uh, 220, a guy who's pretty versatile defensively and uh, has really carved out a role for himself in the NBA. Pretty cool. Yeah, he could probably play the um... – Probably play that too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got you know that kind of size that could swing across uh, positions. So uh, yeah, he's he's uh, developed himself into a, quite a significant NBA player. And he also has a birthday soon on May fourth. Good for him. Happy birthday! If we don't uh, if we don't get back to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, to Dorian Finney Smith. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about just a couple other guys. I, I know we're running uh, running kind of long here. Uh, one guy we wanted to make sure we got to is uh, is Rich Peak. Now, uh, Rich Peak uh, played, of course, for the uh, Dallas Chaparrals back in. Uh, 67-68. You might listen to our uh, Louisiana Tech episode. I think uh, recently you mentioned it's uh, one of our best, uh, in which we uh, discuss Rich Peak at some length. But uh, anything else you want to mention about uh, Rich Peak? Not really, but he played one season for me, and uh, he unfortunately died, passed away in um, 2014. Yeah, we send uh, send our best to his uh, his, his friends and family. Um, wanted to mention uh, Chris. Uh, Kioza as well. Uh, he's uh, currently in the league uh, playing with uh, with the Nets. Yes, um, true, and uh, he is uh, not bad. Cheese is his nickname. <laughs> he pretty... played actually a bunch in the bubble last year. Yeah, he did. He, uh, that, that's the first time I really noticed him uh, in, in the bubble there, and he's uh, continued to be a kind of a supplemental part of uh, the Nets rotation uh, this year. Playing 22 games this yeah. year and actually starting the game. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately we don't have time to uh, to get to uh, a bunch more guys from uh, from Florida here. Uh, maybe we'll have to do a, a second uh, Florida episode at some point. We'll see. But uh, in order to keep this uh, keep this moving, we're going to have to get to uh, Florida State. So we're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be back in just a moment. Now we're back to uh, talk about players who attended Florida State. Yep, are. Florida State. So uh, Mills, who do you have at center from Florida State? Dave. <laughs> Dave Cowens, yes, he's definitely the choice uh, for Florida State Center. Tell us a little bit about Dave Cowens. 
Yeah, um, I thought it was pronounced Dave Cowens, but I guess it's Cowens. Um, Hall of Famer, eight-time. Cowens. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. Um, Big Red, Dave the Rave, and a Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, two-time NBA champ, three-time All-NBA. I'll say that quicker. I'll say that slower. Hall of Famer, eight-time All-Star, two-time NBA champ, three-time All-NBA, three-time All-Defense, 70-71 All-Rookie, 72-73 All-Star Game MVP. 72, 73 MVP, 70, 71 rookie of the year. Yeah, and as you mentioned, in the Hall of Fame, uh, inducted in 1991. I really knew about this guy before doing research. I mean, this is why we do the podcast, you know, to uh, you know shine a light on some of these guys who uh, were all-time greats. I mean, truly. I mean, two-time NBA champ, as we mentioned. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this guy had a fantastic career. And guess what? Um, his game high is... 39 and in that season um 75 76 he averaged 19 points a game and his career and he the top was only 39 and he only that was his career high for a guy who averaged 17.6 points per game for his career does seem kind of low, but I mean, you have to factor in like you know, no three balls at all in his career. I mean, you know, didn't hit any threes. I mean, the three point line, so. yeah, it took a couple. I mean, three point line didn't even exist for most of his career. But a uh, guy who was you know getting everything he was getting from from uh, you know two point range and then from the line. So uh, just not as many opportunities maybe for super high scoring games for someone who doesn't you know take an incredible number of shots per game, you know, like a Wilt or someone like that. But Dave Collins with a fantastic career, as you mentioned. Um, you know, MVP of the league in the 72-73. I mean, By the way, he, he took 20 shots per game for one season. Yeah, he did. And that was the best season of his career in 72-73 when he won league MVP. He won all-star game MVP. I mean, that's, that's a pretty dominating year for any, uh, any any player. Followed it up by winning the championship the following year and, uh, you know, being one of the leading players on those Celtics teams when they were, uh, you know, ma- making runs to the finals and winning them. I mean, in 73-74 and 75-76. I mean, yeah. this guy was averaging up over 20 points per game during those runs. I mean, barely leaving the court, averaging over 42 minutes per game, almost 43 minutes per game. And, uh, you know, pulling down uh, up over 13 rebounds as well. So really a tremendously impactful player. Yeah. And a guy who went on to uh, be a coach in the league as well. So, uh, you know, hung around the NBA for, for quite some time. Um, not, not a particularly notable coach. I mean, only a 161 and 191 uh, record as, as an NBA head coach, but a guy who uh, hung around on uh, NBA benches for a long time, even as an assistant. And, uh, of course, has his number retired by the uh, by the Celtics. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the greats of the game. Yeah, you want to move on to – I know you have him at center, but you want to move on to powerful? Just want to mention, I mean, b- before we move on, since you know, we get into the uh, spots on the leaderboards a lot. Second in defensive rating. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, I mean that that's that's way way up there. I mean, tenth uh, in rebounds per game, tenth in minutes per game. This is NBA all, all time. I mean, this, these are pretty some pretty significant He's numbers. Thirty ninth in total rebounds. Yeah, so I mean, he has the counting stats. He has the uh, rate stats. Dave Cowens was uh, pretty nasty. No doubt. All right, let's let's move on to uh, power forward. Who do you have there, Mills? Um, I had uh, Al Thorpe. Al Thornton. Okay, this is this is an interesting pull. I had uh, I looked at Al Thornton. I have to actually find his <laughs> find his page here. Uh, he uh, he's a guy who who came into the league as uh, as an older player, as I recall, 
and uh, and definitely had had some kind of an impact. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he um, is related to Thon Maker and um, his uh, his uh, wind chairs, but uh, yeah, actually related to uh, Marcus Thornton, who uh, who came into the league, I believe, after him uh, by a few years. Yeah, a cousin of Marcus Thornton too. Uh, so yeah, he was uh, he was a member of the All Rookie Team in uh, 2007 2008. I mean, you know, definitely had some impact in the league. I mean, he, as I mentioned, came into the league as a little bit of an older guy, played his first season at age 24. But uh, yeah, what what you like about him? Yeah, I mean, I like him because he's an All Rookie person, and because he um he was a pretty good scorer and just all around player. Yeah, I liked using him in video games. Had uh, some some good size. I mean, six eight, two twenty, and uh, you know was. You know, a guy you could, you could kind of attack with as a wing player, despite having a size that maybe could work at the four as well. So, you know, had some versatility in his game. Just uh, you know, not a long career. I mean, he came in you know as late as he did, and uh, only ended up playing until his age twenty seven season. So, just two hundred ninety six regular season games in the league. But uh, you know, did did play twenty eight minutes per game during those uh, those games. So, oh yeah, you know, he he was out there. Fourteenth uh, overall pick in the uh, two thousand seven NBA draft, and uh, he was out. He was solid. He's uh, not who I had, but I, I didn't see. I mean, this this is probably the toughest choice of any of the positions for me in this episode. I actually went with uh, with Jonathan Isaac. Now, I, I appreciate Jonathan Isaac is uh, is not as established yet, and uh, I mean he's barely played, unfortunately, because due to injuries. I mean, he's only played 136 NBA games when he probably could have doubled that by now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's really been hampered by injuries yeah. in his career. hasn't played at all this season, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a real shame not seeing him out on the court. But I think uh, what you have seen from him uh, has been pretty exciting. I mean, his uh, his number, his contributions across the board, I mean, if you're looking at his stats, are uh, pretty outstanding. I mean, his his steal and block numbers in particular. Yeah, I mean, his steal numbers, 1.1 for his career, and block numbers, 1.5 for his career. I mean, only playing 136 regular season game, as I mentioned, but I mean, that's a good point. 136 regular season games. And if you look at the, the trends in his uh, in his stat lines, they're all uh, you know looking really positive at this point. I mean, his, his uh, 2019 20 season, despite being shortened, just 34 regular season games. Uh, you know, he shot as well as he has in his career. I mean, up to 47 percent. But also, uh, you know, look, looking at a you know a career high in, uh, in in rebounds per game, but also the the shots and block numbers really taking a jump up. I mean, 2.3 blocks per game last year. That's pretty good. Uh, with 1.6 steals per game. So, I mean, a guy who's really making a contribution in the hustle stats as well as, uh, you know, finding ways to score it more effectively and also stretching out to three, to a three-point shot. I mean, he's a 33% shooter from three for his career, not a lot of volume. That's powerful. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, it has, a you know, an offensive game that's still developing and is only uh, 22 years old – or, excuse me, he's 23 years old now. Uh, but – you know, having been taken with the uh, number six pick in the 2017 draft, definitely uh, has some upside still to explore and is on this uh, new contract with the uh, Magic. So he's going to continue to get opportunities there, you would think, when he comes back from his injuries. Yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel amazing about that, but I thought he was, he was a good uh, good choice here. Let's move on to the three. Mills, who do you have there? Yeah, we shared this pick in um, George McLeod. Okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, George McLeod. Yeah, I mean, getting up to 18.9 points per game at his peak. And um, he, uh, I mean, yeah, he is pretty nice in the league. I mean, uh, averaging nine points a game for his career, but uh, was um, was pretty good um, for when he played. Also played in Italy for one year. 
Yeah, kind of a nondescript player. I mean, I, got, I remember uh, some uh, not as like a, a super consistent uh, player. I mean, the guy who you know both started and came off the bench in his career, 766 regular season games, 194 of those starts, averaging uh, 22.8 minutes. So you know, a guy who uh, you know went went back and forth, and but uh, I think his calling card was really as a shooter. I mean, uh, over 35 percent from three for his career. Uh, not huge volume, but I mean, of course, you have to uh, you know account for when he played. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, look at that that one fantastic season in, in his career where he uh, started the most games. Uh, you know, sixty three starts out of seventy nine games with the Mavericks in uh, 95-96, averaged just shy of nineteen points per game. So. That's pretty nice, but uh, yeah. it, it really does stand out as uh, as the best season of his uh, career from a statistical standpoint. I mean, that was definitely in his peak. Yeah, and that Mavericks team, like you know, wasn't any good. I mean, you know, 20, 26 and fifty six. So I mean, you know, probably a fair amount of shots uh, to go around there for uh, for Jordan McLeod. I mean, you only shot seven point six. Uh, seven point six. Uh, uh, two pointers per game. Yeah, two pointers. Sorry, I mean, uh, 16.2 regular. Yeah, he was really popping off from uh, from three that year. I mean, with uh, 8.9 attempts from three. 8.6, 8. yeah, which, I mean, that, that's obviously a huge number for 95-96 uh, in that NBA basketball. That is insane. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, efficiency not being prized. I mean, he shot just shy of uh, 38%, so you'll certainly take that in terms of uh, percentage. But, uh, yeah, an, an interesting player, a guy who, uh, you know, definitely uh, survived in the NBA for quite some time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not not a super memorable career despite being taken with the uh, uh, eight, uh, seventh pick overall in the 89 draft. Yeah, so um, you want to move on to shooting guard? Yeah, because that, that, that's who I had as well, uh, to be clear. Yeah, so at shooting guard, who do you have? Uh, yep, we have this guy the same as well, and we have the point guard the same as well. But I had Bob Sura. Yeah, you're talking about uh, about Hondo. A schoolyard. Yeah, and Bobby. And oh, so, classic Bob nickname. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's kind of longer. I wonder. <laughs> Does that really make a difference? Mixing yeah, I, I mean, well, if you're just adding, like, the Y at the end, I think it works as a nickname. But I, and no, another B. Right, right. You're not just adding the word by. Yeah, that's quite a one of the One of the spellings of the word by. Yeah, that's right. And So, I mean, he was, he was pretty good. And... Uh, he was um he was uh solid. I mean, eight point nine points per game. Eight point six uh, points per game. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's uh just a nine. Yeah, nine. Now uh, just okay. swung around a little bit. Uh, just a, a contributor in, in in the league. I I wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't go too much farther than that for uh, for Bobby Sura, but a, a guy who who uh, hung around for a while. Uh, Six hundred fifty-seven regular season games in his career lasted ten years after being taken with the seventeenth uh, pick in the ninety-five draft, and uh, had kind of a cool look about him. I kind of liked Bobby Sura back in the day. Played on uh, the Cavaliers to start his career. Uh, was there when they were wearing um, the Cavaliers uniform set that I kind of liked the best. Uh, Kind of Blue Jay style numbers on the uh, on the uniforms. Check out some pictures of, uh, of Bob Sura back from his Cavs days to, uh, to if see you those. Want to. Yeah, no, no, no real, no real pressure. Uh, yeah, I mean, a relatively unremarkable career for uh, for for Bob Sura, but uh, I, I think clearly, you know, in terms of the uh, the, the volume, uh, the the choice for uh, for Florida State to do. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to point card here with um, Sam Cassell. Yeah, it's got to be Sam Cassell. I think the most accomplished player, uh, short of uh, Dave Cowens, of course, who attended uh, Florida State. Uh, tell us a little bit about Sam Cassell. Yeah, I mean, one-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, and uh, 
a uh, a um an all NBA team and um a three oh four and that is an all NBA uh second team. That's yeah. pretty good. I mean second best point guard in the league. Yeah, that's pretty solid. And uh, you know, taken with the twenty fourth pick in the ninety three draft, so down, you know, late in the first round. And, uh, you know, it was exactly what those Rockets teams needed. I mean, really, and that, that's, uh, you know, he came along at the right time. And, uh, you know, to start his career, I mean, you know, came in the league his first year at age 24, but uh, was ready to step in and, uh, and help those Rockets teams to uh, to a couple of titles uh, to start his career. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, just took a step and um, won a title. And so, I mean, that was really pretty easy for him. Well, I mean, he he played a big role in those teams. I mean, not not a starter on uh, on on the Rocket squads at, at that point. I mean, we were talking about uh, Vernon Maxwell just earlier in the episode. He was uh, starting on those teams, but uh, Sam, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Sam Cassell uh, definitely playing a playing a significant role off the bench. I remember him well from uh, participating in those those final series. Yeah. Yeah. And it went on to a real long career afterwards. I mean, you know, 993 regular season games in his career, despite entering the league as late as he did. Yeah, I mean, Sam, I am. Uh, and his nickname. And, uh, yeah, wanted to mention, he. Um, I've watched some of those games on, like, NBA TV of him playing with the Rockets, and he, and he definitely got major minutes. Absolutely, yeah. And play, yeah, as I said, played a really significant role off the bench in, on those squads. And, you know, played 136 uh, postseason games in his career as well. So, I mean, you know, was on some uh, some uh, teams that went on uh, long runs after after this as well. Played a whole bunch of uh, time with, uh, with, with the Bucks. Actually played more time with the uh, Bucks in his career than he did with the Rockets, even though I think he's most commonly associated with the Rockets. And, of course, has gone on to uh, be an, a coach in the league as well under uh, Doc Rivers in uh, recent years. Yeah, I mean, with the Sixers right now. Yeah, so still uh, very much engaged in, with the league uh, currently, and uh, who knows, we might see him as a uh, head coach at some point. Yeah, might be on the radar for yeah. the Sixers. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, you never know. Only fifty-one right now, so uh, still, you know, pl- plenty of time for uh, for Sam Cassell. You would think. All right, so let's uh, let, let's run through our uh, our starters for uh, Florida State, and then we can uh, talk about some other guys we might have considered. All right, um, center uh, Dave. Cowens, point guard Al Thornton, small forward George McLeod, shooting guard Bob Sierra, and point guard Sam Cassell. And I had a pretty similar uh, group. I had uh, Dave Cowens at center, uh, power forward Jonathan Isaac, small forward George McLeod, shooting guard Bob Sora, and point guard Sam Cassell. Cassell. All right, let's talk about some other guys who uh, who attended Florida State. I, I know one that uh, stood out to me that was uh, certainly in the consideration set, couldn't quite squeeze him in, but we, we have to mention. Yeah, it's Charlie Ward, exactly. I know we were talking a little bit about him uh, off-air recently, but uh, let's talk about him on-air as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, most things are on-air because, I mean, air's all around us. But, uh, yeah, uh, he um, – he, uh, I'd say that's like in-air. <laughs> okay. I didn't really get what you meant by on-air. Uh, um, 6.3 points per game, and the um, he was pretty good. Um but he was always still pretty good at um, football. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, his career is, is most notable for, for that reason. I mean, certainly, you know, lengthy NBA career, 630 regular season games, was a starting point guard on uh, Knicks finals team. Actually, we keep talking about these uh, these Rockets and, uh, and and Knicks squads. I mean, certainly, you know, all, all around that same time. Uh, but, yeah, this guy won the Heisman Trophy. I mean, yeah. the only NBA player ever to have won the uh, Heisman Trophy. And, I mean – 
you know, you, you couldn't do much more in uh, college football than uh, Charlie Ward. Yeah. This guy won the national championship. He won the Heisman Trophy. And then uh, he was, you know, good enough at basketball that he could be taken as a first-round pick in the uh, NBA draft as well and uh, decided to uh, play in the NBA. And in terms of, like, what it does to your body, I mean, I think that's a great choice if you can uh, pull it off. But uh, certainly haven't been very many players who have had the options as an athlete that uh, Charlie Ward had. Yes. A really outstanding player and uh, actually drafted as a uh, – as a baseball player as well, despite not having played since high school. So, uh, you know, all, all over the place, teams were like, wow, this guy is an outstanding athlete. We got to at least give him a chance to uh, play our sport if, uh, if he's Charlie Ward, baseball, um, football, and basketball. But he ultimately went with basketball. Yeah, pretty uh, pr- pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, you know, good long career as, as an NBA player, as we, uh, as we mentioned. So definitely in the consideration set, I think, uh, you know, easily beat out here by uh, by Sam Cassell, but definitely worth uh, mentioning all the same. Let's talk about some of the guys who are currently in the league, because there are quite a few from uh, from Florida State that are still in the mix right now. Yeah, before we get to that, I just want to quickly mention Mitchell Wiggins. Okay, let's do that. Um, the, uh, the father of Andrew Wiggins here, and um, pretty solid, and uh, I mean, suspended. And um, unsigned, so I mean that's I think kind of what ended his career. And uh, I mean, getting up to fifteen point five points per game in a um, sixty-six game season. So I mean, was pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, ha- had some skills for sure. I mean, his career was interrupted, as you mentioned, by uh, you know being suspended uh, due to substance abuse. But uh, was the twenty-third uh, uh, pick in the eighty-three draft, and of course, uh, you know, still his, his legacy having an impact on the NBA today. And his uh, son, Andrew, who was, of course, taken with the uh, number one overall pick uh, years later. And uh, Nick Wiggins is also uh, one of his kids. <laughs> yep, and he has a reference page. And um, also, just wanted to mention, if you want, want to listen to more about Mitchell Wiggins, please go check out our Clemson episode. <laughs> yes, we got into more detail on Mitchell Wiggins in, uh, in, in that one. Because so, he makes our teams. Yeah, certainly uh, worth, uh, worth, worth giving a listen. Let's talk about some of these guys who are currently in the league. Who okay. uh, you know they're not not on, on this squad yet, but uh, certainly could get there. I, I mean, I think Malik Beasley in particular is a guy who you know could get past Bob Sora at some point. Yeah, I mean the mutant, and I mean that's a pretty high praise for a nickname. The mutant, yeah, absolutely. I mean, nineteen point six points per game in his career. I mean, I know he's on the Timberwolves. So no, 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 uh, th- this year, you mean? This year, yeah. Yeah, I think said for his career. Oh, uh, nine point nine for his career, but nineteen point six for his, for right now um, in this season, and uh, that's pretty nice. I know he's on ten rules, so I mean, getting a lot of run. I mean, averaging eight point seven threes, but I mean, still, I mean, shooting thirty nine point nine percent, and uh, definitely, three, yeah, it's definitely um, helping the Timberwolves to win a couple of years. Absolutely, started his career with the uh, with the Nuggets and, and made his way to the Timberwolves uh, via trade last season. And uh, this season, you know, it's been stepping into, you know, the role that the uh, Tim Rules uh, had in mind for him. You know, it's been, as you mentioned, a weird year. I mean, you know, play, significant players missing from the Tim Rules mix between Carl uh, Anthony Towns and uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, but uh, Malik Beasley has uh, ha- has performed. I mean, he's scored this year for, uh, for the no squad. And uh, only 24 years old. So, you know, still an opportunity to do some serious damage here in the next few years, you would think. Yeah. Probably. Also, you know, under contract now with the Timberwolves for a few years. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, where that goes. Let's, let's talk about some other guys who are in the league uh, right now who uh, who attended uh, 
uh, Florida State. Uh, Patrick Williams, a significant player, rookie just this year, number four overall pick in uh, the 2020 draft. Uh, what are we seeing from him so far? I mean, yeah, a, um, averaging 9.3 points per game for his the season and for his career. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, not bad. I mean, he's only 19, so, I mean, definitely has potential. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, was considered to be a guy who was going to need a little bit of time to develop. But as you mentioned, I mean, still really young. I think he was the youngest player in the uh, in the draft or maybe the youngest player who came out of college uh, in, in the draft. So still, uh, you know, has uh, has a while to go before he even turns 20. So, uh, you know, still some serious upside to explore there. And, and he's, he's held his own. I mean, he's, he's played, you know, adequately uh, for being such a young player in the league. Yeah. Uh, we can also talk about Dwayne Bacon. Now, I know you're into Bacon. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite food, but sure, I'm into bacon. And uh, this guy is um, probably into bacon because his last name's Bacon. And um, he uh, he went to two different high schools. Actually, three. Yeah, that, that's uh, common uh, uh, among a lot of these players. I mean, you really? know, yeah, guys who get, uh, you know, feel like they're going to be recruited by colleges want to position themselves as well as possible. So, I mean, you definitely see some guys who stick in one place, but... Quite a few, uh, you know, will go to somewhere else, like an, like the IMG Academy, for instance, or or Oak Hill Academy, both places that Dwayne Bacon ended up, uh, you know, prior to going to college. Yeah, and um, he uh, this past season, I mean, actually this season, ten point four points per game. I mean, by far his highest. Yeah, it's had a, you know the magic season. Obviously, has been a bit of a disaster between injuries and. Uh, you know, obviously trading Nikola Vucevic uh, recently, but I mean, it, it, you know, he's he's gotten some opportunity to get some run and get some shots up with uh, with the uh, Magic this year. Famous for uh, not liking to pass, uh, you know, averaging just one point one assists per game for his uh, career. Wonder why that is. Uh, Devin Vassell as well, a guy who as a rookie this year, uh, Florida State. I mean, two uh, two draftees uh, in the top eleven picks from this uh, twenty twenty draft. Absolutely. Devin Vassell, a 6'5", 200-pound uh, small forward, uh, playing with the Spurs this year. Uh, what are we seeing from him so far? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I mean, shooting 40% from three, taking 2.3 a game. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we're talking about a relatively small sample here, but, yeah, you're seeing something from uh, Devin Vassell for sure. And he's played 46 games. Yeah, so he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's been a contributor for sure for the uh, for, for the Spurs uh, during uh, during the season where they've you know had had some parts of the season where they've seen where they've uh, performed better than a lot of people would have expected. I think. Yeah. Uh, let, let's also mention uh, before we uh, before we wrap this up, there's you know a whole bunch of players from uh, Florida State, so we're not going to be able to get to uh, get to everyone, including some of the guys who are uh, who are currently active in the league. I did want to mention one particularly fascinating uh, guy. Uh, Ryan Reed. Now, I know he uh, might not be on everybody's radar, the uh, 57th overall pick in the 2010 NBA draft, but uh, this guy uh, really, uh, I mean, he, he performed. I mean, in his opportunities. Eight points. I mean, per 36 minutes, 16.9 points per game, and per 100 possessions, 24.3 points per game. That is nuts. Absolutely. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, when you look at his, uh, you know, where he sits on uh, leaderboards, uh, you know, look at, uh, you know, true shooting percentage or uh, or his PER, he, you know, is in a pretty good spot relative to uh, Florida State players all time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, not a lot of minutes, admittedly. Uh, are there other players you wanted to uh, wanted to get to? I mean, I, I think we should mention uh, Terrence Mann. Uh, yeah. I also wanted to talk about uh, Terrence Mann. Now he's a guy who's uh, getting his uh, his career going uh, with the uh, with the Clippers. 
could uh, feature in the playoffs as we uh, get into the next uh, couple of months here. Uh, what do you see from Terrence Mann, a Boston guy? He's playing the league. There's no doubt about that. Uh, definitely has played in the league and uh, a guy who could uh, who, who could shoot it uh, got some decent size at uh, six five two fifteen and uh, yeah absolutely I mean get get some run with uh, with the Clippers despite uh, you know them being a uh, you know championship contender so and he is um, a stat stuffer like his uh, nickname according to Basketball Reference yes uh, stat stuffer that's a pretty good nickname to have yeah for sure all right so let's uh, is there anybody else you wanted to uh, get to uh, among these uh, Florida State players. There are quite a few players who uh, attended Florida State who uh, played in the league. Two. Um, I want to quickly mention Bernard James here, and then we can wrap this up. Yeah, let's talk about Bernard James. So he's he's a particularly interesting uh, story. He's a guy who uh, is actually the oldest player ever to be drafted. He was 27 years and 148 days old. To be drafted. When he was when he was drafted, yeah. Because there's undrafted players. Yeah, absolutely. I'm saying, like he he was he went through the draft process at an incredibly old age for uh, uh, for you know anybody. I mean, the oldest age of, of anyone at all. Really unusual situation. So he dropped out of high school, uh, joined the Air Force, spent six years working in the Air Force, uh, had a late growth spurt. Like so, when he was like much older than people usually like shoot up in in height. He grew like five inches, apparently. I'm basing this off uh, his Wikipedia, which uh, shout out Wikipedia. Uh, so ha had a late growth spurt, started dominating in his Air Force games, then uh, got uh, then enrolled in community college, then ended up at Florida State, played at Florida State, and then finally got drafted at age 27. Wow. So very, very unusual path for Bernard James. Uh, obviously not a super long NBA career, just playing in parts of three seasons after uh, that long journey, but pretty cool that he uh, got there at all. Yeah. And uh, has played other places around the world as well. Uh, no longer playing, it seems like, but uh, a pretty, pretty awesome basketball story for uh, Bernard James. Also, uh, should be mentioned, he wore number 55. Yes. Um, so you want... I think that wraps it up here. Yeah. I think so. So we should uh, we should just get to our uh, uh, team versus team comparisons, and uh, we can wrap this episode up. Yep. All right. So let's uh, let's go through it uh, position by position. Let's uh, start it at center. Uh, center for Florida, Al Horford versus center for Florida State, Dave Collins. Who you got, Mills? I got Dave Collins. Yeah. How close is that for you? Not that close. I mean, it's a good matchup for Dave. It's a good matchup, but Dave Collins, I mean, this guy was MVP. Yeah. Um, Power forward, we got uh, Florida's Udonis Haslam and Florida State's Al Thornton. I'm going to take Udonis. Yeah, I think I would take Udonis there as well. Just a much longer career, accomplished a lot more in the league through the years. So that's uh, going to give, uh, it's going to split things up 1-1, uh, which leads us to our uh, small forward matchup where we've got Florida's Mike Miller and Florida State's George McLeod. Who you got? I got Mike Miller. Yeah, I think that one kind of speaks for itself. Mike Miller, a longer career, more impactful across the years, uh, not relying on that one huge season that uh, George McLeod had where he averaged almost 19 points per game. Yeah. And uh, then shooting guard, Bob Shooting guard, Sura. Br uh, Bradley Beal from Florida. And Bob Sura from Florida State, I feel like uh, that one's pretty easy. Bradley Beal. It's got to be Bradley Beal. So Florida's up 3-1. They're going to win this matchup. But we did have to look at our point guard where you've got uh, Florida's Vernon Maxwell against Florida State's Sam Cassell. I'm going to take Sam Cassell, and that'll be a 3-2 win for Florida. And I do think Florida would win on the court as well. 
Yeah, cool. So this has uh, been a fun look at uh, this, uh, you know, pitched rivalry in uh, the Sunshine State in Florida, between uh, Florida and uh, Florida State. Yep. And uh, if you're looking for any other podcast, you can check out um, Favorites with Ava and Matt and um, listen to more Behind on the NBA. Yeah, definitely. Dig into our uh, back catalog. We're getting up close to uh, 50 episodes now, so we've got uh, a lot of juicy uh, basketball content to uh, dig into there. If you want to uh, hit us up on uh, Twitter, you can do so at uh, Barnards on NBA, or uh, feel free to reach out to us via email at uh, Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com. Thanks uh, so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Bye.